The dead of Dwell were screaming. The mausolitic precinct was a place of terror for them now, where the cessation of mortal functions offered no respite from continual torment. A thousand tech adepts died by the sword before enough had finally been compelled to repair the damage done in the wake of the sons of Horus's assault, but repair it they had. The dead of the mausolitic screamed from dawn till dusk, through the night and across every day, since Aximand had captured it in the name of the War Master. They screamed in fear, in horror, and revulsion. But most of all, they screamed in anger. Only the War Master heard them, and he cared nothing for their anger. His only interest was in what they could tell him of the past, as they had experienced it, and as they had learned it. A vaulted sprawl of colonnaded stone structures that possessed the same scale as the palace of a mighty Terran patrician was here a repository of the dead and librarium in one. Plain facades of ochre granite shone like burnished copper in the dying sunlight, and the cries of circling seabirds almost made Horus Aximand forget a war had been fought here. Could almost make him forget that he nearly died here. The battle for the mausolitic precinct had been won by bloody shoulder-charging bodywork, blade to blade, muscle to muscle. There had been collateral damage, of course, machinery destroyed, stasis capsules smashed open, and preserved flesh turned to hard leather upon exposure to the unforgiving atmospherics. Blood still stained its walls in the catastrophic spray patterns of bodies detonated within ruptured personal shields. The ruined corpses of the compulsories were gone, but no one cared enough to wash away their blood. Aximand stood at a knee-high wall of sun-blushed stone, one foot on the parapet, four arms resting on his raised knee. The sound of waves far below was peaceful, and when the wind blew in from the ocean, the burned metal smell of the port was replaced with a tang of salt and wild flowers. From his vantage point upon the high plateau, the tumbled city of Taijun was much as it had been when the sons of Horus made their first landings. His first impression was that a vast tidal surge had swept along the rift valley and deposited the forgotten detritus of an ocean upon its retreat. There appeared to be no order to the city, but Aximand had long since come to appreciate the organic subtleties of the city's ancient designers. It is Protean, he would say when he found a willing ear. A city that thrives on its disregard for clean lines and imposed clarity. The ostensive lack of cohesion is deceptive, for order exists within the chaos, which only becomes apparent when you walk its twisting paths and find that your destination has been set from the very beginning. Every building was unique in its own way, as though an army of architects had come to Taijun and each designed a wealth of structures from the salvaged steel and glass and stone. The only exception was the Dwellen Palace, a recent addition to the city that bore the utilitarian hallmarks of classical Macragian architecture. Taller than anything else in Taijun, it was a domed palace of imperial governance, a monument to the Great Crusade and an expression of Primarch Gilliman's vanity all in one. It had mathematically precise proportions, and though Lupercal thought it austere, Aximand liked the restraint he saw in its elegantly crisp design. Exquisite statuary of imperial heroes stood proud around the circumference of the main azure dome and in recessed alcoves running the full height of the central arch. Aximand had learned the identity of every one before they were smashed. Chapter masters and captains of the ultramarines and iron hands, army generals, 
Titan Princeps, Munitorum Pontiffs, and even a few exacter tithe-takers. Evening sunlight honeyed the city's rooftops and the Sea of Enna was glassy and still. The water became a golden mirror, streaked with phosphor-bright reflections of orbiting warships, the occasional moon and void war debris falling far out to sea. The prow of a sunken cargo tanker jutted from the water at the quayside, petrochemical gels frothing its surface with oily scum. Far to the north, a glowing star clung stubbornly to the horizon, the twin of the sun setting in the south. This, Aximand knew, was no star, but the still-burning remains of the Bodean ship school, its orbit degrading with each planetary revolution. "'Won't be long until that impacts,' said a voice behind him. "'True,' agreed Aximand without turning. "'It's not going to be pretty,' said another. "'Best we're gone before then.' "'We should have left here long ago,' added a fourth. Aximand finally turned from the bucolic vision of Tyjun and nodded to his battle brothers. "'Morneville,' he said, "'the war master calls for us.'